Dog Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. Left side for the three. In and out. Rebound. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dana. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean reminding you that the 2023 playoffs are presented by Kaiser Permanente. Big thank you to Sterling Bennett behind the glass for us tonight. I'm actually in the studio for this one. If you want to talk with us all hour long, 888-957-9570 is the number as we're going to break down this monster of a road win last night. Game 5 in Sacramento, 123-116. The Dubs get it done. And Gary, I know this is just the first round, but that really kind of felt like a Pantheon dynasty moment for Golden State for all all the great wins they've had, I would put this one up there. As far as road playoff wins, and I'd be curious to get your opinion, Gary, I think this is kind of top six, top seven for me for road playoff wins. Obviously, you have game six of the Western Conference Finals at OKC in 2016. 2015 game fours in Cleveland and Memphis were huge. 2018 game seven in Houston, the Western Conference Finals. Last year, Steph's great performance in game four at Boston in 2022 to uh, even up the NBA Finals. You could also probably throw Steph's return game in the 2016 NBA playoffs game four at Portland. But uh, I think I'd kind to slot that top six top seven where does it rank for you gary well kev i i think you're spot on and and you did a great job uh looking at past history and for me you know the steph's performance in boston and the okc th- uh, game just uh stand out to me at the highest level uh but this was a game if we go back to tennis each team held serve you know winning two each at home and the Warriors had to win one up there in Sacramento. And you just looked at this team and you said, it felt good. You know, they, they, were, they really were playing at both ends at a solid level. And we saw the, the inconsistency, a great start by Sacramento, knocking down all kinds of threes. Fox was playing great, even with the uh, fractured finger. And then after that, they went like two for 22 or whatever from three. And I just thought it was, it's, it was a championship performance. They, uh, they really dug down, and you had a lot of guys contribute. And obviously, uh, your big four, I'm going to call them, with Draymond and Looney and Steph and Clay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add, uh, you know, Wiggins goes in there, and obviously Peyton played well off the bench. So. A terrific performance. Yeah, great performances all around to set up a Game 6, which Golden State can close it out tomorrow, 5 p.m., here at Chase Center in San Francisco should be a great timeout, as the old saying used to go for the late <laughs> '90s Golden State Warriors. But let's start with the start of that game. You mentioned Gary. Sacramento was hitting everything. They hit eight of their first 11 threes, and I thought this was the first good sign for Golden State that despite Sacramento hitting eight threes in the first quarter, the Warriors were only down three. They were right there. Yeah, that was really, really a good sign because, you know, they came at you with a with a haymaker. They they were on fire, and uh, 
I looked at it and I said, holy cow, here you are on the road again. The other team's exploding. But see, that's experience, and that's a belief in each other. And uh, they dug down. They didn't lose confidence. And I thought a big key is you weathered the first quarter, and then Steph, I mean, Clay knocking down the, the three, I think it was three threes in the second. Uh, it, it just told me, you know, hey, look at us. We're the champs. And uh, we're we're not knocked off kilter here. We're ready to take care of business. Yeah, absolutely. The Kings finished 2 of 22 from downtown over the final three quarters. And I I, want to read this quote to you from Mike Brown, Sacramento head coach, of course, former longtime Golden State assistant. When he was talking about kind of the the Kings, they generate the most wide-open threes in the playoffs through the first four games, but they're 14th in three-point field goal percentage on wide-open threes. That was going into last night and didn't improve after last night's game when they had such a a, a horrific finish from beyond the arc. He said, it's a shot you're not used to because the pressure has increased. So to be able to experience being in big games, to be able to experience that type of pressure and finding success in winning gives you more confidence the next time out. That's why I tell our guys, hey, just let it fly because at the end of the day, we're gaining invaluable experience on all different types of levels. That is hard to duplicate during the regular season. That quote coming via a Marcus Thompson article on The Athletic. And so I pose this to you. With what we've seen from Sacramento's three-point shooting in this series, is Sacramento showing their playoff inexperience? Yes. I, I, I really think it's glaring. And uh, let's look at those first two games. My goodness, 48 minutes, they played terrific basketball, and they had a lot of people playing at a high level. And, uh, you know, Fox, as we noticed, started out the game terrific yesterday. And Herter came to life a little bit, but he's a better offensive player than he's played. He, he's played uh, below his level. I, I, we're going to talk about Steve Kerr. We're going to talk about coaching adjustments. Fabulous job against Sabonis. Uh, I am really, really surprised at the level that he's playing at. I, I thought he was clearly going to be their second best player and uh, really be a thorn in the side of the Warriors. You know, Murray's come alive. He's knocked down shots. If anything, he should shoot more. And Harrison just hasn't hasn't had anything going. I I appreciate his effort uh, in the second half yesterday. He got aggressive. But my gosh, in our day with the Warriors, we remember him. You put him in that right corner. It was just an automatic. And, uh, you know, he's not knocking down anything. And Monk had to take over because Fox basically couldn't get anything done. I, I, I don't know if he was in a lot of pain or whatever, but he deferred to Monk. And, um, you know, Lyle's knocked one down, and Lynn's not a three-point shooter. So it just it's just not, it's not there making sweet music for Sacramento. They show flashes. They've hung in there. They've played hard, and I credit them for that. But I, I, but I don't feel uh, a consistency to the perimeter game. Yeah, and Gary, while the Kings have not been consistent from beyond the arc, Golden State had some huge just incredible shots down the stretch. There's actually mm. Marcus Thompson in, in that article that he quoted Mike Brown. Uh, it, it was about the six key shots down the stretch for Golden yeah. State. And I want to highlight it, a couple of those because I, I think it really kind of showed their championship medal. First, Clay Thompson's long corner two over DeMontis Sabonis. On the move, three-point game, game in the balance, just a ridiculously tough shot, and, and he hit it. And how many times has he done this? 
just over the course of the playoffs, just hit shots that for 90% of the NBA would be a horrible shot to take. Well, Clay's got that look uh, that he's at a super high confident level. I, I just when he love when he gets like this. And for a while there in the second period, I said, uh-oh, here we go. He's going to get off on a real, real big one here. But he, uh, as you said, that was a hard, hard shot over a, over a big guy. But yet, I don't even know if he saw Sabonis. That, that's, that's how terrific yeah. he is. And, you know, the other one to, to debate would be Wiggins' uh, paint fadeaway. Yes. I, I thought that was a huge shot. Those were the two biggest to me. Yeah. And, uh, but it just shows the metal, the, the belief, the toughness that these guys have. And, uh, you know, Wiggins, boy, I, I just, uh, what he's been able to do after having so much time off, whether it's blocking a key shot, knocking down a three, hitting a mid-range, he's just, he's just making you, helping you win. Yeah, Wiggins' shot was the other one I was going to bring up because Steph had a really interesting quote after the game that he gave. Uh, this is via Marcus Thompson about Wiggins on that shot to put them up 119-114 inside the final minute that more or less put the game out of reach and then Curry's and one put the game to bed for real, for real. But Curry said, it was the most assertive I think I've seen him all year. That one moment where he knew he had a massive advantage and knew where he wanted to get to to get a shot off. In the locker room after the game, I was like, thank you for waving me off because it just seemed like everything was decisive. And take a a beat and this is your superstar, finals MVP, two-time MVP, four-time NBA champion, telling another guy, thank you for waving me off. I, I think it's just a, another kind of insight into what makes Curry so special. Even I, I know we're talking about Andrew Wiggins' shot there, but how many other players would be pissed in that situation that they didn't get the ball, the, the alpha guy on their team? Uh, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I was having lunch here in Danville today with a bunch of pals at Laconda Ravello. Oh, great spot. And that, that came up. And I, and I said, that's why Steph Curry is the most unique guy in the NBA. Everything starts with him. And the culture that he's created by just being the guy that he is yeah. and the teammate that he is. And it, it's just, you know, I, 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 you and I are chatting, and I'm watching Boston and, and Atlanta, and, you know, Young played good the other night, and he's playing. And then some people have tried to compare him. It's not even close. Yeah. Not even close, because Steph Curry embraces everybody, everybody. I mean, I, you know, I, th- I think of my old pal Eric Housen, the, the, our equipment manager, and uh, he just has stories about him, things he does off the court for people. And it's just, uh, we better keep cherishing him. I keep saying this, that this is a really unique guy, and it just gives me a lot of confidence when they – finish this thing off tomorrow whether it's memphis or or, uh, la i i I think they're ready to keep going here it's certainly looking like it the way they have played the last three games uh, to take this 3-2 series lead the warriors community foundation auction presented by cash creek casino resort is open all proceeds support the foundation to positively impact youth organizations in the bay area text warriors to 76278 or visit warriors.com slash auction to bid we'll take a break when we come back we'll break down some great individual performance for 
performances from some Warriors in Game 5 last night. We'll take a look ahead to Game 6. Remember, 5 p.m. tip time tomorrow, and we'll take a look around the rest of the NBA playoffs along with taking your calls right here on 95.7 The Game. Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. If everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable has returned on 95.7 The Game. Dana and Gary St. Jean. Famed musician and singer-songwriter Brian Adams is coming to Chase Center on Sunday, July 30th with very special guest Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. Get your tickets now at ChaseCenter.com. We welcome you back to Warriors Roundtable 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana alongside Gary St. Jean, 888-957-9570. If you want to talk some Warriors shooty hoop with us, let's break down some great individual performances from last night's Game 5, 123-116 win over the Sacramento Kings to take a 3-2 series lead again Game 6 tomorrow night at 5 p.m. All right, guys, I should say tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m. Draymond Green, let's start there, Gary. 21 points. He hadn't scored 20-plus in a game since the Christmas 2019 game against the Houston Rockets that I think brought the Warriors' record to a daunting 9-25. and It has been nearly four years since he has scored 20 points in a game, and I want to hear from Draymond first. This is from this is about him watching from the bench because, of course, he he made the adjustment from starting to a bench roll after the game three suspension, working on his layups and shots. And then I want to get your reaction to what he said and what you saw from him last night. In game four, I was extremely aggressive. I thought, and I just missed layups. And I told y'all after game four, like I, I missed six layups, and I'll make those. And so tonight, coming into the game, I just knew I knew where my spots would be. And you know, that's one of the luxuries of coming off the bench. You can kind of feel the game. I'll see what's going on, and. You know, if, if there's a need for something, you can come in and insert yourself in, into that need. Or, you know, if you see something that's working, you can go and feel that. And so, you know, having the opportunity to watch from the bench for the first six minutes and see, you know, pick up the floor of the game, I think has been big. And then also understanding where my spots are going to be. Uh, for the last two days, two and a half days, I've been in the gym every day working on those things, uh, exactly where I know those shots are going to come from. And, you know, tonight the layups went down. I, I didn't miss him tonight, so uh, it was pretty good. But, you know, when you got guys like Clay and Steph and Jordan Wiggs drawing all the attention that they're drawing, you have to make the defense pay for that, and I tried to do that tonight. Hmm. Kev, don't you just listen to that and said, wow, that guy has a high basketball eye. Yep. Now, there's some guys that go to the pine, and they're upset about it. They're pouting about it, or they don't focus the breakdown he just gave us of, of what his focus was was just spot on, terrific. And uh, he was the X factor last night. It and, really was. and I love what he had to say about, uh, you know, loving the floaters and uh, finishing at the rim, making a three. And then we'll talk about he and Looney and how they're guarding Sabonis, which I absolutely love. Great move by the coaching staff. Um, he he was terrific. I, he he just uh, had one of his best games of the entire year. 
Yeah, I mean, don't forget that Draymond once averaged 14 points per game in a season. Back in the 15-16-73 win regular season year, he averaged 14 a game, shot 39% from downtown. Of course, in the loss in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, he went for 32 points. Like This guy <laughs> knows how to score, but it's just then when Kevin Durant came to Golden State, his priorities shifted, obviously, because you have one of the best scorers in the game in his prime on your team alongside Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. They didn't need Draymond Green scoring a ton. And so he he shifted his priorities. And look, he, he's been very aggressive, kind of diagnosing Sacramento's defense. It got up the 14 shots in, in Game 4. Missed 11 of them, but he was taking what was given to him and, and kept the floor space much better last night. 8 of 10. Now you bring up the defense he's played on Sabonis, Looney's played on Sabonis. Uh, let, let's get into that. What, what do you like about how Draymond Green and Kevon Looney have guarded DeMontis Sabonis? Well, uh, Looney's been fabulous with his passing. We all know how terrific uh, Draymond is, whether he's in the low post with the split action or up top with the backdoor stuff and or guys coming off of a screen. And Sabonis is every bit and maybe even better at passing the basketball. Um, You know, I got him up there with Jokic. So the thought is, let's make him be a volume shooter and not let them run the offense through him via the pass. So they're sagging off of him, which takes away his vision for passing lanes. He doesn't have the angles that he has when he's being crowded. I think it's just terrific coaching. And again, you got two smart players who really know how to uh, to play it. For example, uh, when he did put it on the ground, you have to know, being left-handed, that um, he's going to turn to uh, that left shoulder uh, to get there. And twice he took ch- he got charges called against him because the guys anticipated that he was going to continue going left and. Uh, it's just great work on, on two veterans' parts, and it's it's frustrating, I, I think, for the Kings because I, I don't know that anybody's played him like that this year, and I, I frankly am surprised that they've not uh, done a better job handling that, but kudos to our guys for the jobs they're doing. Yeah, no, Draymond has been great at taking charges all series long. He has absolutely read where DeMontis is going when he's trying to make his moves inside. Of course, uh, they're letting him get that mid-range shot, and he, he made him pay a couple times. I think he yeah, hit three he mid-rangers last night, but had struggled in stretches uh, during this series with the taking and making that mid-range shot. Let's move on to Kevon Looney because it was another incredible performance from Loon who is quickly uh, getting a statue built for him in the next <laughs> 10 to 15 years when his career is uh, coming to a conclusion. But, I mean, four points, 22 rebounds uh, in the passing, seven assists to one turnover yeah. for, for Kevon Looney. It, I mean... For the series, he has a 4.17 assist-to-turnover ratio, 25 assists against six turnovers. His, his passing's been recognized this year, but I mean, it, it still, I don't think, gets enough credit. And, and You've heard the story before. He was a point guard in high school, and uh, those, uh, those PG skills have certainly helped this team because after he gets those offensive rebounds, he knows who to find. What a beautiful compliment by Draymond that comparing him to uh, uh, 
Livingston and, and Igadala, the presence they had, the the calmness that they brought to the team because of their basketball IQ and how to play the game. And he's there. He, he's playing the best basketball of his career. Uh, and I just love, you know, whether it's ABC, ESPN, TNT, the, the accolades that he's getting. And they're just so appreciative of his play. All the things you just brought up. Yeah, the rebounding obviously is huge. But uh, his defense is fantastic. His passing. Uh, you know what? He makes life a lot easier for Clay, Steph, and Wiggs because they can get him the ball, elbow, uh, top of the key, low post, and it's easier to shoot the ball off the move and get to your feet set and launch that way versus off the dribble. Yep. And he allows them uh, those opportunities Uh it, it, it's really uh, it, it's a great thing to watch what he's doing. I, I think around the league, you're looking at him and his value, his appreciation of his play has really, really risen. That it has. Warriors Basketball Academy, powered by Rakuten, has announced their summer camp schedule with locations throughout the Bay Area. These sessions are for boys and girls ages 7 to 15 of all skill levels and abilities. Visit gswacademy.com to learn more. When we come back, we'll talk a little more, Looney. Some Clay Thompson, some Wiggins, some GP2. Look ahead to Game 6 and some other playoff happenings right here on 95.7 The Game. Just joined us. Don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wait, stops it. Pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Let's take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. Game 6 tomorrow night here at Chase Center. 5 p.m. tip time, 4.30 on the air with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert, presented by DoorDash. If there needs to be a Game 7, it would be Sunday in Sacramento. If necessary, time still to be determined. we got another 20 minutes for you or so here on Warriors Roundtable. If you want to hit us up, 888-957-9570. And we will be taking your calls the rest of the hour. If you have anything you want to say, hit us up again, 888-957-9570. I did want to touch on one more point on Kavon Looney because, Gary, you mentioned that Draymond kind of compared him to Iguodala, Andre Iguodala, and Sean Livingston, and we had that that soundbite pulled out. So I wanted to play that and get your thoughts on that and, and wrap up this Looney bit. Kavon has become like an Andre Godala, Sean Livingston, a calming force. Uh, you know, when we were a lot younger in this run, we had those guys, Sean, uh, Andre, that list goes on. But those two guys in particular, that no matter what was going on, I start turning the ball over, Clay go haywire, Steph go haywire, and they would come in and just calm us down. And Kavon is that for this team. Uh, he's that stabilizing force that allows everyone else to focus on what they need to focus on. And you know, the way he rebounds the ball is incredible, you know, and I, I know for me, when I'm on the floor with him, I'm so much more comfortable on the defensive end just because he doesn't miss any assignment. And so uh, he's been that guy for us all year, last couple years, and he's continuing to get better. Well, there you hear it from uh, player coach Draymond Green. Uh, spot on, well said, and that's respect. 
for a teammate, and uh, he's obviously earned it from all the guys. Yeah, I mean, he's out-rebounding DeMontis about a 72-58, to and he has 220 rebound games in this series, and he's one of three in Warriors history, Nate Thurman and Wilt Chamberlain. That is pretty good company to be in, eh, Saint? <laughs> wow. <laughs> now you're talking big time. And uh, don't be surprised if he does it again. He just has a nose for the ball. Yeah. And uh, we always talk about bigs. If they have a uh, three to one ratio, get a rebound every three minutes. Yep. That, that's that's terrific. And you know, one of the best ever, for example, was Rodman, and uh, he had one every two. Um, what what you know, the offensive rebounds. He just has a knack. He understands where the shot is taken, the angle, uh, the depth of the shot, and his positioning is impeccable. Absolutely impeccable. He recorded a rebound about every 90 seconds last night. So just uh, absolutely incredible, as Draymond Green might say. Clay Thompson, I I wanted to touch on his shooting performance. We talked about the big shot he had over Sabonis in the corner, 115-110. to But I really thought this game flipped in the second quarter. Mm. In the first quarter, the non-Steph minutes were pretty much a disaster. They got outscored 12-5. They got down 10 points at one point after he came back in. They finished the first quarter well. Steph leaves the second quarter at around the 539 mark, I want to say, and they're down 49-44. They hit a free throw to make it 50-44, to the Kings. And then Klay Thompson hits three threes. They win those non-Steph minutes in the second quarter, and it was nearly three minutes that he got to, to rest. They win it 12-1, to and it was buoyed by those three Klay threes. And to me, that really kind of flipped the script of Game 5. Well, as a player, and a coach loves it too, when you just silence the crowd on the road, that's a good feeling. Yeah. And then if you win the game, that's that's a good feeling, a great feeling. And you could just feel like fans there were, they were charged. They've been super up there. and uh, But when they saw that, they said, holy cow, I remember that guy. We got problems if he gets rolling. And <laughs> yeah. boy, he was he was on fire. Yeah, and who else has been on fire from deep as of late has been Andrew Wiggins. Now, he got off to a really cold start, 3 of 16 from downtown in the first two games of the series. Since, 6 of 12. He's really turned it around. He was 2 of 5 from deep last night. He was 9 of 16 overall with his 20 points. And this was his fifth game back after a two-month layoff. And in his fifth game back, he plays 39 minutes in contributes to winning in a pivotal road playoff game with 20 points, four rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. I I mean, the guy is a physical specimen. I I don't know how many people would be able to do what Andrew Wiggins has done this series coming off a two-month absence. Take a good look at him, uh, whether it's on the TV or whether you're there in person. That's the prototype. He's When you drop a, a body of an NBA player, and, and in, in vogue today are these six six to six eight or nine wing players, and uh, he he's quick, he's fast, he's strong, he's athletic. I mean, he and he's smart. Uh, he's to do what he's doing. You just noted it after being out for so long and to come back, and he looks so comfortable right now. And I'll tell you what, his teammates love having him out there. They they just love it. You can feel it. 
Yeah. And so with that said, it's just, you know, making the puzzle. And, and the puzzle all fits. Now that he's back, you've got your, your main guys and you've got your subs coming off the bench. And, you know, a lot of times uh, you get to that second half or fourth quarter, you might be playing like a seven-man rotation. Yeah. And he's certainly a big piece of that. Let me correct my math real quick. Uh, he is 6-for-13 from downtown over his last three games. Uh, I apologize. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to GP2 because he had some huge minutes off the bench. The Warriors had 11 offensive rebounds last night. Kevon Looney yeah. had seven of them. And Gary Payton II had the other four. And he finished with 8.6 rebounds, two steals. He didn't look like himself in Game 4 coming off that illness that had him out of Game 3, did not play a ton. And Steve Kerr said after the game he looked a lot more like himself in Game 5 last night. The one thing that I love about GP2 and why I think he's such a great program guy, system guy, whatever you want to say, he is one of the best out there at timing his cuts. And there there was a play last night. Kevon Looney has it at the foul line, takes one step, and here comes Gary Payton from the corner crashing with that baseline cut, and it's a dunk. And I, I just feel like we see that time and time again that GP2 knows exactly when to move without the basketball. Because it's not just moving without the basketball. It's when to move, when you're making that decisive cut, setting up the defense, when moving and reacting when your teammates are moving and making certain plays. And I think that's also what made Juan Toscano Anderson such a good end-of-rotation player for Golden State as well because he knew basketball. He knew how to move without the basketball. He knew how to time those cuts. And it's something that we have seen time and time again from GP2. Well, you look at him. What what are you going to give him, Kev, in all honesty for height? What are you going to say he is? I'll give him 6-2. Okay. Now, we all know his dad. Yeah. And his dad, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say he was 6-3. Uh, oh, boy, was he tough. Was he smart. Oh, I'll tell you, sitting on another bench, you like, oh, brother, because every game is just a, just a pit bull getting after you. And that's the mentality that he has on defense. But you're bringing out a great point. About him, and this is the beauty of the system the Warriors have. You say, "Okay, I got a six-two guy. He's going to be on the perimeter, and he's going to be cutting, slicing, and all that kind of thing." Well, a lot of times when they're running high pick and roll, we call it the dunk spot, and it's usually a guy uh, about I don't know. I'm going to say twelve feet uh, from the rim uh, on the weak side along the baseline, so that. When a big leaves him to rotate to dribble penetration, he times it perfectly for the drop pass to him or maybe even a lob. He has impeccable timing, and you brought out a cut from the corner. This, And we also call it slot cutting when you're on the perimeter and you flash into the paint. And um, he's just tremendous at it. And, yeah. and the guys know he's going to be there, and they know he's going to finish 
Yeah, that they do because uh, last year in a big sample size, he had he was finishing better than seventy percent of his shots at the rim, and the league average is usually like high fifties, low sixties. So he was well above league average. Again, he is six two, so to be able to do that, just absolutely great stuff from him. So this all sets up a game six, which again is five p.m. tomorrow. Love this it. is the first, as Willard and Dibbs were talking about it on their show this afternoon on 95.7 The Game. This is the first 5 p.m. weekday start time in Chase Center history. So, St., what do you think of this 5 p.m. start time? Because the reason why is because Lakers-Grizzlies, the Lakers are hosting Game 6, so they get the 7.30 slot time on ESPN. Well, right away it tells me that uh, ESPN is saying we're going to get a better rating. Yep. with the Warrior game, so that it's on at 8 back east. And their ratings have been off the charts. Kev, help me, one game did like seven over 7 million. Yeah. Uh, what, what I'm going to share with you is kind of simple. You're, you're at game six. You don't need a shoot-around. You don't need a walk-through. Uh, give your guys the time to get themselves ready. They'll get in there early. And on the other side of the coin, I like it because the Kings, you're not going to have a shoot-around with a 5 o'clock game, so they'll probably have a meeting at the hotel, but they got a lot of sit-around time. That's, a, that's an in-between time. Yeah. And uh, so I like it for the home team. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it makes sense from a national standpoint for the reasons that, that you just mentioned because the Warriors are the draw. I just saw some tweet that last night's Game 5 was the – the highest, uh, the most watched first round game five in nine years in the wow. NBA. Uh, it just the, the Warriors are, are theater that everyone wants to tune in for, and uh, it has been a, a great series at this point. Four of the five games have come down to the final minute, which has just made it a, a ton of fun to watch. So for Game Six, Saint, are there adjustments you think the Warriors need to make? To, to be able to close this one out? Because there are adjustments from game to game. Anything glaring that you think needs to get cleaned up one way or another for Golden State to, to close this thing out tomorrow and not have to go back to Golden 1 Center? Well, if I'm sitting there and I'm Steve Kerr, I said, wow, am I a lucky guy that I can, I can start the game with, say, Wiggins on Fox, and uh, I can bring Peyton off the bench, but then I got a trump card to play when I can bring Draymond in. And that's to guard the other team's best player. You're, you're, you're concerned about him. He's capable of going for 35. So I love that on the defensive end. And I think they've really done a, a, a good job rebounding. I think that's big. And I, uh, you know, you know the phrase from John Wooden, uh, be quick, but, but don't, don't hurry. hurry. Yeah. And uh, I, I see a, a team that's got a better rhythm to it. I don't see them in a rush. They're not throwing the ball all over the place. You know, Joe Lacob sitting down there on the baseline. Uh, in games past, he, he might have need a helmet to sit there because uh, <laughs> he might have got clocked. Uh, I, I, I like the way the ball is moving up the court. It's being shared. you got action with cutters. You're changing sides. Mike Brown's done a great job. When I look at this team, I, I don't see tremendous individual defenders. I think Harrison is, is a average to above average. But for me, Sabonis is fall-prone. Murray's a rookie. And Herder is a guy you're going to attack. Yeah. Um, 
so what they've done collectively as a team, I applaud them. I think they've done a tremendous job. But you you got a rhythm right now, and uh, you just got to keep it and focus on those defensive things, and, and you're going to take care of business. Well, it has been a great first round series. And for me, like I've been watching the NBA pretty closely the last 25 years I'd say like 97 98 is kind of when I really woke up to basketball I watched basketball before that but that was like when I was really tuned into basketball so for me I was thinking about the best first round series that I've seen one of my fa- my favorite first round series of all time 99 Heat Knicks the 8-1 upset that New York pulled Allen Houston's game winning runner uh, with like 7 tenths of a second left i think it was like 78 to 77 or something like that i love those uh those uh, you know first to 80 or 75 games by the way we are getting another Heat Knicks series which i cannot wait Woo-hoo. for that's going to be awesome yes sir uh, 2015 Clippers Spurs was a fantastic seven game first round series the Clippers won then they choked away the Western Conference semis against uh, James Harden especially in that game six 2020 jazz nuggets in the bubble was a great bubble series just incredible in individual performances from jamal murray and donovan mitchell in that one uh, of course uh, i'm partial to 2007 maps warriors we believe but uh, any any other great first round series that that stick out to you over the course of, of nba history uh, yeah you you hit it right on the head and obviously i i think back to a lot of Great! You brought up the the Mavs and, and the Warriors, and, and that's uh, Nelly. And uh, you know, I was lucky to be with him for a long time, and a lot of great playoff wins and some upsets too. Yeah. And um, you know, when you look at it, uh, we we beat uh, David Robinson and uh, Terry Cummings and that crew down there, and we were seated way the heck down. They were way up. Yeah, you were uh, a seven, the, right? Yeah, and then another great uh, series for us. We beat the Utah Jazz uh, with Carl Malone and Stockton. Yeah, and uh, I look back at those games and I'm like, "Holy moly!" But that—that's the beauty of this. Uh, you know, it, it's the NBA right now should feel terrific about the playoffs, and yeah. boy, can't the matchups in the second round. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, brother, you brought out the Miami and the Knicks, but. You know, I'm looking at you know Boston, Philly, and how's Embiid going to be? If I'm, I'm assuming that Boston's going to win, hey, but right I, now I, they're yeah, right now know. they're down. Yeah. And, uh, I, I got to be quiet there, but uh, you know, and then look at Phoenix and, and Denver. Uh, Oof, that's that's going to be, be tremendous. And let's let's say the Warriors take care of business. Are the are the Lakers going to take care of business at home? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at Bain, and, and the guys before us were talking about his contract. Yeah. Well, he and Looney's contract are two of the best uh, team-friendly yep. contracts in the entire league. Sure. I love Bain. And yeah, uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Memphis goes in there uh, and, and gets him because of the inconsistency of Davis, uh, the way he's been playing. But it's just exciting. I mean, uh I'll tell you what, and I'm sure that you're the same way. I'm I'm not going out for dinner. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm staying home. I, I'm right there watching these, and I, I I don't know. The older I get, maybe the more I love them. It's just great to oh, watch. It, it is so fun. So many questions I have, and we got like two minutes and forty five seconds. So I'll, I'll I'll ask this since you brought up Boston. 
have are they showing cracks in the armor? Yes. Blowing yes, game they are. five at home. They were up twelve with five minutes to go against a very mediocre Atlanta Hawks team that was without their arguably their second or third best player in DeJounte yep. Murray. And, and, and Trey Young rescues them. He has thirty eight and thirteen assists in that game. Right now he just hit a free throw and the Hawks have a two point lead in the third quarter at home against Boston. We might see a seven game series. Uh, does this affect how you think about a potential Boston Philly series? Heck yeah, and and you're you're spot on again. I just I'm giving you the eye test. They don't look as connected as they were early in the year. The ball's not moving as sharp as it was, and they they have great athletes. That threesome they have with Brogdon, White, and Smart defensively, and then have the beauty of playing Brown and and uh, Tatum. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the young Williams is a big key at the five spot. Listen, that that they're not playing up to their potential, and you can't dance around with these games. You you got to take care of business. If you don't, you're going to find yourself in a big uh, ball of fire. And one more for you, since we got about a minute left. Heat uh, Bucks Oof. last night. The Bucks choke away a 16-point fourth-quarter lead at home yeah. with Giannis putting on an all-world performance, 38 points and 20 rebounds. Jimmy Butler, 98 points in the last two games of that series, 56 in Game 4, 42 last night. The game-time shot to send it to overtime. And the Bucks don't even get a shot off to end their season. Grayson Allen didn't get one up in time. I mean, just what a choke job from Ooh. Milwaukee. I had, if Middleton was healthy... I had them winning the East. Me too. And, and obviously, uh, Adekumpo misses a couple of games. That really set him back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's 10 for 23 from the free throw line. And I, you look at that team with Holiday and Middleton and him and Lopez, and you're like, wow. Uh, that Miami, Butler, I, I thought, you know, he, he was past his prime. I know he's very, very smart and he's competitive, but I didn't know he had this much left in the tank. And uh, that lob play they ran, it was a play I remember we ran years ago for Mitch Richmond up in Sacramento. Uh, Billy Owens inbounded the ball and we beat Portland with the exact same play. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what what a great piece of coaching. Spolster's one of the very best in the league. And kudos to, to Butler. I Wow, he... You know, and, and you never know when you're going to get your chance. Look at Robinson getting the play again. I think that's yeah. a great story. Yeah, he is. yeah. Ho- hopefully, he can add some value to that a big contract that, that he signed recently. But congrats to the Heat, Heat Knicks. I'm really looking forward to it, as well as looking forward to Game Six tomorrow night. Warriors Kings, 5 p.m. tip time. Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert will have the call for you here on 95.7 The Game. For Gary St. Jean and Sterling Bennett behind the glass, I'm Kevin Dennison. So long from San Francisco, folks. Be sure to tune in to Game 6 tomorrow night at 5 p.m. Have a good evening, everyone.